Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Go to Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7. This is, this one's a, this is an intense one. This is uh, some of the... Uh, Wisdom literature. Yep, thank you. We've got guys on both sides reminding me. So remind me after uh, after we close here, and then we'll uh, we'll take the offering. But thank you for reminding me. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter seven. We'll start in verse one. My son, keep my words, and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live, and my law is the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And call understanding your nearest kin, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths a, man, a young man devoid of understanding. Somebody say devoid. Passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house. Somebody say path. In the twilight of the evening, in the black and the dark night, there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. And she was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. And at times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. She caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face, she said, I have peace offerings with me. Today I've paid my vows, so I came out to meet you diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. I have spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Somebody say morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home on the appointed day. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her as the ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till an arrow struck his liver. And the bird, as the bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost him his life. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For she has cast down many wounded. And all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. Heavy-duty stuff. It's the word of God, amen. Let's give our attention to it. Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that uh, you speak to us. Lord, help us to rightly divide your word, the word of God. Help us to understand. Help us to uh, submit ourselves to it, to take those looks in the mirror, God, to, uh, to, to see the things that you see uh, through the lattice window, God, in our own decisions, in our lives, in our choices, God, in the way that we walk, the way that we act, the way that we talk, the, the priorities that we demonstrate in our life, God. The things that you see help us to see, and we can only do that through the reading of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And there, there's, some, there's some key uh, some key words throughout that passage. Window, lattice. Everybody know what lattice is? Uh, ignorant, path, and the very last 
word in that entire scripture, in that whole passage, that whole chapter, is death. And so even in, the, even in the reading of the word, even the way that it's formulated, you understand that it starts with a path and ends up with death. Um, we, there, there is a pattern. There's an undeniable pattern of, of the choices that we make and where they take us. And that's something that, uh, that, that we, uh, th- this society is not real good with understanding um, the principles of the path because uh, everything is, is punted. You know how you punt the football? That, that just means to get rid of it, you know, to, to kind of send it on its way into a hot potato. It, you know, nothing is anybody's fault. We're all the product of our environment, you know, whatever kind of home we grew up in or whatever happened to us way back when or this or, you know, what my natural proclivities are. Um, it's never our fault. It's never our fault. It's not the, the, whatever, whatever you have to do, like we don't like the principles of the path because that just says there's a way to do things, and if you do certain things, it will have a certain impact on your life. You'll have a destination. The main passage, or, or the main concept that I want to preach this morning is that your direction, not your intention, will determine your destination. Your direction, not your intention, will determine your destination. This passage in Proverbs is a call to observe the wisdom and undeniable truth of the Word of God, of the patterns that, that we see that He teaches us through wisdom, literature, and honestly, all throughout the Scriptures. Um, there, there's a lot of if-then throughout the Word of God, a whole lot. He does not leave us without, without a roadmap, without you know, an understanding, without a, this, whole pa- this whole Bible that says, if this, then that. He starts out by saying, treasure my commandments. Treasure my commandments. And I, I've learned one thing. Uh, I've, I've learned a few things, but one thing that I have learned is that if you don't treasure the word of God, if you despise it, you won't fulfill it. Some people think that you can live in such a way that, uh, uh, of, being, uh, uh, of being right and doing right and not really enjoying it, not really hating it, but being you know, uh, restrained. Or, you know, I, I used to think that's what constrained meant, but uh, restrained by the Word of God and, and to kind of live this way and, and do the right thing, but not really to find value in it, not really to care about it, you know, especially as a young person. Um, you know, I do this because I have to, because the Word of God you know, says to, and, and I, I look at things this way, I live my life this way, but it's not really what I want to do. Until you can really truly marry your own heart and your own desires with the truth of the word of God, uh, that is going to be something that is not uh, sustainable. Without truly falling in love with the precepts, with the word of God, with the righteousness of God's own character, uh, that is not a sustainable uh, lifestyle. If you're continually doing something that you don't like or that you don't hate or that you don't truly find value in and you're just doing it to check a box, that is not a sustainable walk with God. That is, if it's constantly, um, you know, just just a, a leash that's keeping us from doing what we really want to see, we have to love and honor. We have to love those commandments. That's what the Word of God says. Treasure my commandments. See, this guy, uh, to paint the picture here, um, you know, th- this is Solomon, and as he is writing um, this passage uh, you know, of wisdom literature, um, I don't know if it necessarily if this is you know, uh, you know more parable or if he's actually seen this. Part of me thinks that you know just due to the detail, this is actually something that he saw, something that he kind of saw a lot of it playing out you know from the rooftop. And he's just and he's writing, he's talking. He's a little older now, you know. He's he's learned some things. He's seen how uh, you know the direction really impacts your your life. And he's looking at some of the mistakes he's made. He's looking at the mistakes that people who are a lot less wise than him. You know, he was the wisest man, you know, in the, in the whole world, in the whole land. So he's, he's seeing, you know, the people who are simple. And so he's up in his, you know, kind of on the top floor, and he's looking through a lattice. 
At my, at my house, uh, that's the first thing that had to go. There was so much lattice work that it was unbelievable. Lattice everywhere. Like there, there was just like posts out in the yard with lattice run between them. It was like a little fortress of weirdness um, to where you could spy on everybody. And that's the purpose of lattice so that they can't see into you, but you can see out to them. That's the point. And then I found out, you know, who owned it before. And, yeah, that's exactly what she would do. She wanted lattice everywhere. The whole, like, she had two decks, and they were all fenced in with lattice. And she had lattice here. She had it around, you know, everything to where you could not see what was going on in there. But she would be, you know, she, she was like 90-year-old you know, old lady. And she was always peeking through the lattice at everybody, creeping on everyone. I'm not about that. I tore down all the lattice. I've still, if anyone needs some, i got, like, 500 sheets in the barn. Yeah, it's uh, in, in case you, you need to creep on something. Um, I don't need it. I'm not doing anything, you know, that's a, you know, that, you know, I don't. The reason you have lattice is that, you know, it's kind of a one-way, uh, one-way little, little, little screen for you to see what's going on. This is what, uh, th- this is important because this is what he is looking out of his own creepy lattice work. <laughs> yeah, and, but the, the point there is that they can see nothing, but he can see them. And so what he wants you to know is that this is, not, this is not just my opinion. This is what I see from a totally unobserved position. Uh, and so um, the, 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 the word of God is saying this is objective truth. This is me looking, them not seeing, and me just watching it naturally play out. And that's important because uh, he doesn't really have a dog in the fight. He, does, you know, he is garnering wisdom from what he's actually watching happen. Sometimes, you know, uh, you know, children particularly will think, you know, well, you know, the, the, the rules are just there to, you know, to, to make me angry or to make me upset or, you know, just so that, you know, the, the parents can show off, you know, that they're in charge and I don't understand this. And, you know, they, they just have a dog in the fight. And, and it's easier to reject things whenever you can reject the source. But the Word of God teaches, you know, that he is up there. Nobody can see him. This is just what it is. Let me tell you, sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. It's just what it is. I'm up here, I'm a preacher, and I'm, I'm, I'm teaching, you know, you think, well, yeah, of course, you have, you're, you're invested, you know, it, it, I am, but sin brings forth suffering and death and sorrow from an object, objective standpoint. Treasure my commandments. If you despise God's commandments, you will not keep them. You won't. Maybe for a little bit, and maybe while people are watching, but in the end, that is not a tenable position to hold. You have to fall in love with the nature, with the character of God. You cannot uh, continue to hate God's laws and his commandments and, the way, and his character. All the commandments from God issue forth from his character. He is uh, you know, the, the, the ultimate righteousness. All righteousness flows from him and from his character. So to, to hate what he says is to hate him because it emanates from him. It's not just a random bunch of rules that he made for a certain situation. All good and righteousness emanates from the character of God. So to hate his laws and his commandments is to hate the very nature of God. Did you know that? So the point is, we cannot hate the word. We cannot hate the commandments, no matter how tough they are, no matter how, how tight it, you know, it, it constrains us, you know, or it, it, it forces us to live, even all the things that I have to change about myself um, to be in line with the word of God. I cannot hate those things and be right with God because they issue forth and emanate from the very character of God. See, nobody will stick with a diet that they don't see the value in. Can someone say amen? Nobody will buy a product that they think is defective. Why would you? You just just wouldn't. 
It's not enough to recognize that God is right and to sullenly uh, you know, submit to it. You have to fall in love with him. You have to fall in love with righteousness. You have to fall in love with truth. You have to, what the word of God says, treasure it. The writer is looking through the window at the lattice through an unbiased perspective. And as you see this, again, I just kind of want to play, play out at least part of it, you know, what, uh, you know, what the story here uh, happens. As he looks down, uh, he sees a kid um, who, you know, in you know, kind of KJV is stupid. That, you know, he, he's, he's ignorant more so than stupid. He's, he sees this young man, and he's out walking. He's on his path. He's going, you know, wherever he's going to. And so, you know, the, the man of God, the king is up here. He's looking down. He's seeing how things play out. And, and th- this young man, he, he feels like everything is going his way. He's having a, you know, having a good time. And as he's walking uh, you know, around, who knows what he's out doing. Maybe he's getting some groceries. Maybe he's coming home from the gym. It doesn't matter. Whatever he is doing, uh, he's out there. And then he has an interaction with somebody that he thinks is random that has its own uh, unique destiny, but it doesn't. And for him, he's out there, and he's feeling good. You know, he's just like, you know, and, and then you know, some, some nice-looking girl you know, starts to talk to him, and he's feeling great. You know, so the, the, the soundtrack of his mind is one thing. You know, he's just like, you know, it's feeling good, and life is good. He, he's, he's, he's being pursued. You know, he's, he's being engaged. You know, he's just out having his own, his own good time. But the perspective of the man of God, the perspective of the king who's up here, who knows what's going on, is more like this. No! I don't watch horror movies. But I've seen enough to know that people do stupid things in those kind of movies. Don't go into the shed where all the knives are hanging. Don't hide in there. Hide anywhere but there. No, don't don't run into the woods. Stay on the road. You know, and that, that, but that's, you know, what, what, always, always, it's the stupidest possible a reaction, you know, the, and they're like, oh, you know, there's somebody, you know, bad guy's chasing me. I'm going to go down to the cellar in the pitch black dark with no windows and no other way out. And then as the person who is kind of from the, a different perspective, you know, hiding in our lattice, you know, we're like, no, don't do that. Don't go there. And they're like, oh, this will be a great idea. And that's what he's seeing. He's, uh, you know, the young man, he, you know, he sees this, you know, this, you know, this, this lady, you know, this, this lady of ill repute who is, uh, um, you know, who, who is about to seduce him. And he's seen this before. That's the thing. That's why you need to trust sometimes, trust your elders. Trust the people, you know, uh, you know who, who are nerds now. Because they don't dress as sharp maybe as, as, as what you think they should because they're from a different generation. Those people um, trust a little bit of that because they've seen this play out before. And they start to give you some wisdom and perspective. And, and, and you can't understand because it looks a little different whenever you're doing your sin than it did back in their day whenever people were doing it. And so you're like, well, this will have a different outcome. It's, it's, it's different. It's updated. It's a different cut. It's a different look. It's a, it's a different style. It's not like it used to be. It is like it used to be. Sin is like it used to be. Bad decisions that go fly in the face of the word of God are what they used to be. And so, but, but it's so much easier to think that this is just me. This is just my, my story, my deal. It's always me, 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 I, 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 because no one else has surely been ever in this situation that he finds himself in. Really? Your temptation is not unique. You're not special. And, there, and, and, and the word of God is up here like, and you're, you're down there thinking, oh, this is great. This is awesome. This is going to, you know, I'm exploring things, you know, and I'm and now this new liberated mindset. I'm going to go out and I'm going to party and it's going to be great. 
You're going to party like no one's ever partied before. Everybody's partied. Who's ever partied? Partied that way. It's not that special. It's just a, a, a sick cycle. And so he's standing there saying, no, I know how this ends. You're, you're, you're ignorant. You think that you're going to be different. You think that your sin is not going to have the same devastating consequences as everyone else's that's ever gone before you. But you're wrong. I can already see it playing out. I know what's going to happen. People without perspective of their path are devoid of understanding. That's what the Word of God says. He was devoid of his understanding. Well, the only way to have perspective is to lean into something, to tether yourself to something um, that does have it whenever you're young, whenever you don't understand the situation, whenever you're trying to figure life out and make decisions and you've never been here before. Um, number one, getting people around you that have had that, you know, they've been here before, they've lived a little longer, that's a good way to start, but it's not the whole deal. Because honestly, I, I don't know what kind of advice they might give. You know, they, they might not even still to this day understand what was so wrong about doing that thing that ruined their life. Because sometimes, uh, with, with people's perspective, uh, we, uh, we will, how, how should I word this? We will defend our own bad decisions out of our own pride. And I've seen that before. I've seen somebody um, who, as free as, as, as the driven snow with marital advice, who has had issue after issue after issue after issue after issue. Because... They wanted that to be, they, 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 they wanted the feeling of, of, of being in charge, of, of, being, of, of kind of relinquishing their, you know, their own responsibility for some of the tough stuff that they've walked through and had to go through. Um, ask somebody who has it figured out. Now, maybe, and maybe you can walk through all those things and learn those lessons and then reach a higher plan, but make sure that, that the advice that you're receiving is worth having. That's important. That is important. You know, whenever, whenever somebody, you know, gives me advice on how I'm going to drop, you know, five or ten pounds, I'm going to be a little discerning on whether or not I think that you know what you're talking about in that. Is that fair? If it's somebody who is going to tell me, you know, uh, oh, this is how you do it. Mm, that's not how you did it. Yeah, and I'm not, talk, I'm not picking on people's physical appearance. I'm talking about people's experiential uh, value of their, uh, their, their advice. You know, if, 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 if I can see that you're not living that way, then I have to be very careful about the advice. And that's why in the end, although I value the advice, and some people will have great advice, um, it's the word of God that we have to trust and truly. And, and honestly, we measure all biblical and godly advice against the word of God to figure out if it really is worth having or worth hearing. Amen? Everyone thinks that their path is special, but wisdom sees this thing play out day after day after day. And the thing is, nobody's intention trumps the path principle. Your intention just will not. You cannot make up for lack of direction uh, with gusto and fervor and just and passion. You can't do it. You, know, you, you, can't, you can't do it. You, uh, it. Once you choose the wrong direction to go in, it doesn't matter uh, you know, how fast you are, how strong you are, how well you get on down the road. All you'll do is reach the wrong destination quicker for all your giftings and wisdom and ability and, and personal you know, um, power. 
it'll, it'll just make bad things happen quicker, honestly. Because no matter how smart you are, your intelligence cannot trump wrong direction in your life. Wrong principled direction. You know, no, no matter how good of a talker you are, and I've seen some people who can talk themselves out of a lot, but you can't talk yourself out of wrong direction in your life. In the end, I mean, you can for a little bit. You can, and you can keep justifying it, justifying it, and then you can keep saying, you know, you, you be in the, in the car with somebody and just keep saying, oh, yeah, no, this is a shortcut. Really? Because it's taking a long time. No, 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 no. If you hook up with this road up here, then, then, then you know, and then it's, it's 75 on that road, and then you, so you really make up, you know, and the person with you is like, mm, okay, and you're still going the total wrong direction. Oh, no, no, see, here, there's no cops up here, so I'm just going to hammer down, and that's going to make this, and we're going to get where we were supposed to go quicker uh, in, in spite of the fact that I'm going the wrong. And eventually, uh, you just, you know, no matter how good of a talker you are, no matter how much, uh, you know, no, no, how, no matter how confident you came across, at some point, they're going to figure you out. You're like, dude, we're in Indianapolis. This is an Indianapolis exit. What are you talking about? This is the best way to Columbus. Because I don't care how much you think you figured it out, you know, how many shortcuts or how many loops or, you know, or, or the fact, oh, yeah, no, I just looked up, there's traffic. There's like a two-hour wait there, so we got to go. Mm, okay, okay. But in the end, no matter how good of a talker you are, no matter how passionate you are, no matter how excitable you are, um, in your personal life, wrong direction cannot be made up for with good intentions. In your relationships, no matter, no matter how much you try, no matter how hard you try, if the principles are devoid of the understanding of God's word and his way, they will not be healthy. They cannot ultimately, for a little while they might be fine, they might be exciting, you're like the, uh, the prodigal son, they might be good for a little while, uh, but in the end, unless the direction is right, the destination can't be. Our spiritual destination can't be heaven if we're not walking in the right way. There's no, there, there's no other way. There's no shortcuts. There's no other way to do that. All the speed, skill, velocity, intelligence, or gifting will only get you to the wrong place faster because intention can never trump the path. And that's what he sees. He looks down and he sees this, uh, this young man, this, you know, yeah, this kid, on a young guy on his way back from, you know, wherever. You know, and it could be a girl or a guy. You know, this, th- these are, you know, these are principles that are, you know, arcing principles, you know, for life and life decisions. Um, but he sees the path that he takes. And he says, I don't know what they're saying. I can't hear through my lattice. But I've seen this before. I don't know exactly what the difference is, you know, in this particular exchange or conversation. But I know where it's going. Sometimes we have to take a huge step back and be like, you know, I know what you're saying. I know what's being said here. I know that you're justifying. I know this, this, but, but, but I recognize this path from the word of God. And I know where that leads. And I know what you're saying. And, it, and you, you think it doesn't, but it does. See, once he has decided to go down the path um, with, this, you know, with, with this, you know, this harlot, um, it's a lot harder to turn back. And the, the word of God uh, shows exactly how it goes. She's, you know, she. She just like, uh, just like he, just like it, just like whatever it is, you know, that, that is directing you in a negative way, in a wrong direction in your life. She says, she caught him and kissed him and with an impudent face said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. You know what that means? That means we're good. 
That means everything that we're about to do that is wrong, it's okay. I have a way around that. I have an excuse. I have, I have a different way of looking at this because um, you know how you used to get, um, get by or you know, be forgiven from sin? You know, in the, in the Old Testament, you, know, you make sacrifices and you, know, you go to the temple and that, that you didn't, you know, that, that's just kind of how it goes. So she starts to justify, and of course she's abusing the system, but she starts to justify the decision uh, for the sin that they're about to go commit together. And she said, you know, don't, don't worry about it. Because immediately he's like, oh, well, you know, thanks for the kiss, but you know, I can't, you know, you know uh, no, 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 I can't do this. You know, this is wrong. Like, you know, you're, you're a married woman. And he began and she starts to overcome his, his excuses and say, no, 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 don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. Uh, here's my excuse. Um, you know, we're good because we're covered by the sacrifices and vows I already made. We can take our fill of love. We can do wrong, and it will still be okay. Anytime you have somebody who is, telling, who, who is blessing you with that kind of advice, you need to run as far and as fast away from that as you can. As somebody who is in your life, and it seems like specifically uh, to devalue the impact of sin or the import of truth in your life, you need to run from that. Because people are like that. People will say what, you know, whatever you know, that they think people want to hear. Now, people will justify the, their sin in their own life by giving bad advice to other people because then it makes them feel a little better about the fact that they're not walking in the right way. You have to be very, very careful and make sure those things are wrapped up in the Word of God and based in the Word of God. She has good excuses. She says, you yeah, know what, I, I can overcome your objections. Don't worry about it. I've already taken care of that. There's a way around the truth of what you already know is right. There's a workaround to the truth. That's the first thing you got to look at. I have my I have peace offerings. I've paid my vows. Number two, I have come out to meet you. I have to burst your bubble. It didn't come out to meet you. Your temptation, the sin, it didn't. You're not special to sin. You're not special to the enemy. You're special to God. But you're not special to the enemy. You're one more notch. But that's what happens sometimes. And I think that's how we justify and get away with a lot of the negative and, and wrong decisions and the wrong paths that we take. I'm preaching a lot to the younger uh, people here today, and I hope that's all right. Amen? Um, the direction that, that we take, uh, a lot of it is because we think that it's unique. This, is, this situation is different. Um, you know, I know what the Word of God has said. I know what Mom and Dad always said. I know, I know what I've been taught. I know what the preacher preached. However, what they don't understand is this is different. She came to meet me. We're in love. Don't you understand? Dad, oh. Yeah, we're in love. This is special. This is different. This is not the, all the things, it's not all the horror stories that you tell me. Okay, this is different. You don't know her like I know her. Yeah, it's, it's wrong. It's dead wrong. I'm not talking about people, I'm talking about sin. But at the same time, if it's a sinful um, deal or sinful relationship, eh, then it's sin. And that's what I'm talking about. So this is different. She, she, you, know, she, you came for me. This is, this is a unique thing. This is, you know, this is something special. We're going to have a totally different story ending than everyone else who's ever gone down this path. Somehow we convince ourselves because we want to be convinced. Uh, we, we're begging for somebody to convince us that if I, if I walk this way, even though everybody else who has ever walked this way ends up you know, in the same place, I am somehow going to end up in a different place. It's willful ignorance. Because the person, 
the, destina- the, the intention, it can never trump the principle of the path. It can never trump that. So that's, that's the second thing that kind of weakens the, you know, the, the guard of this particular person. We have someone come to the piano. I appreciate it. I have peace offerings. The last thing that she says The, the, the first is that it's justified. I, I can justify this sin. I can justify the decision that we're going to make together. That's the first one. The second one is that this is a unique situation. You know, unique situations uh, make for, um, that, you know, there, here's a saying that lawyers will use a lot. Um, one particular guy that I listen to. Um, he will say, you know, hard cases make for bad laws. Unique situations, or what you think are unique situations, make for bad decisions. I know what the word says, but. Or, I, I know that that's how it's always worked out before, but. But, but this is different. This is, this is special. We got something special, or I'm doing something special here. You know, the, like this direction that I'm going, it's, it, this is unique to me. You don't know my path. Buddy, it's not your path. You don't own it. You're just on it. You don't own the path. You're just on the path. And the path has a verified, preconceived destination. The last thing. Because the first thing she says, she says, we we can justify it. There's a workaround. And and I've said this time and time again. uh, Some of us have people in our cell phones um, you know, that, who we will go to for bad advice. But yeah, people that we'll go to for good advice and people will go for, for advice that we want to hear. Mm, just hang out there for a second. There are some people who, who, will, who will just justify whatever you're doing because that, like, that's just what they do. That's what they, oh, yeah, bro, for sure, do that. Yeah, sounds great. Or, Girl, absolutely, you are totally right in doing that. Yeah, just something, yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. And you just do you. No. Just trust your heart. Yeah. You totally forgot about the scripture that says the heart is exceedingly wicked and no one can know it, but you know, just trust your heart, girl. Trust the word. Lean into the word of God, the power of the word, the truth of the word of God. Don't go to your bros. Don't go to your girl. Go to the word. Because the word is what will look down and see where that path actually leads. The last thing, actually, there, there might be two more. She says, she says a couple other things that kind of, and I'm talking about avoiding bad decisions and walking away from bad decisions, leaving them on the table. Um, she said, let us take our, uh, our fill of love until tomorrow. And I thought that was interesting. She said, you know, let, let's, let's, let's time stamp this thing. I'm not asking you to do this forever. I'm not asking you to always be in this or, you know, let's just, just this once, just once, and it's all covered and it's all good uh, until tomorrow and then it's over. And then it's kind of time stamped and you're like, okay, well, you know what? I can get back on the right track tomorrow. I get back on the right path then and, uh, and that, that'll be better. That, that, that makes me feel a little better because, you know, you didn't ask me to just run away and totally lose my mind and, and let go of all my principles and everything I got going in my life. You said just until the morning. I could, I could get away with that. as the king looks out, as wisdom. It's wisdom what's in the window. Wisdom looks down and sees him and said, dude, 
you won't see morning. You're not going to see morning. I know she time stamped it and said, you know, by, by the time morning comes, it'll be over. And then, and then you go on your bed. He's like, there's no morning for you. You won't see the morning come. It'll be too late for you. You'll, you'll, you'll be destroyed. The, the, the night won't end. And here's the thing. People seem to think that they're going to finish, uh, you know, with sin on their own terms, on their own time. And they're just going to get out in the world and do a little bit of this and do a little of that. And then whenever it's too much, they'll withdraw. That's not the dance with sin that I have seen played out again and again. And the Word of God says again and again, that's not how it goes. The Word says this. When sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. And here's the biggest lie. The biggest lie that Satan wants to tell you is that you will finish with sin before sin finishes with you. You won't. We never do. It just keeps pulling us in and in. Next thing you know, the time stamp is up. And the path has led somewhere we never intended it to go. It leads to death. That's the last. What's the last word in this chapter? Death. Because sin finishes with you first she said my, my husband is, is not home you know he's gone on a long journey and he'll come back on the appointed day that means that you can get away with this and some of us think that way some of us think you know well we know that we know that God I used to preach a, a message and it was from Hosea um, maybe I'll preach it again someday and I'll finish quick but and I called it heartbreakers as when I first started preaching, and uh, you know, I, I preached it at a, at a youth conference, and God had just really ministered to my heart because we read in the book of Hosea, everybody remembers what happens. He has to marry a harlot, and then you know, she does what harlots do and continues to cheat on him, breaks his heart, and he said, this is the only way I can get through to you and through to the nation of Israel. What is going on? And there's a powerful scripture. I think it's in the third chapter, and he says to the prophet who's having to go through all this horrible stuff, he says, my heart turneth in on itself, which is a beautiful KJV you know, rendering, turneth. It turneth in on itself. And so I thought to myself, what would that be like if I was just translating you know, into common vernacular, especially for youth? I would say that means my heart breaks. My heart breaks. And so what God is communicating is that whenever the children of Israel turn away from me, and they go after false gods, and then they come back, and then they get in trouble, and then you know, things are good for a little while, and then they go away, and then you know, they break my heart again. Um, God is just finally fed up and saying, don't you understand there's somebody else on the other side of this relationship? Stop acting like I'm some cold marble, stone, or wood, or metal you know, obelisk somewhere. I am God, I feel. You're in a relationship with me. There's somebody on the other end of this line. Don't you understand? My heart breaks. Wow, that struck me. That we can break God's heart when we do wrong, when we turn away, away from Him, when we do the things that, that separate us from Him. It's a breakup all over again. And so many times, we forget that there's somebody else in the picture. Harlot mentioned, she said, he won't be away for, you know, he'll be away for a long, long, long time. You know, he's not, but there is somebody else in the picture. And whenever you make the decisions, the sinful decisions that, that separate you from God, there is someone else in the picture. 
It's not just, uh, you know, in, in this one little vacuum where it's just you and it's just your own self. Uh, you know, uh, am I going to do what's good for me or am I going to do what's not good for me? You know, this is my path and I'm on it alone. And if I do wrong, then you know, I'll get hurt. And if I don't, well, okay, whatever seems good to me. There's somebody else in the equation. God loves you. And you have it in you, the ability to break God's heart. Doesn't that make your sin a little more weighty? Doesn't that make the concept of, of sin a little weigh a little more? That every time we do something that separates us from him and, and, and violates his character and our conscience, that we hurt somebody. Wow. The path led where it always has and where it always will. Your path Whatever it is, a young person, older person, I don't know. The choices and the decisions that you make, they've been done before, time and time and time again. So I ask you, listen to wisdom. Take advantage of the perspective of the Word of God that you have heard preached here today. Make your decisions based on not just what you feel in the moment whenever you uh, have a decision to make about your path or about uh, whether you'll do right or wrong or whether you'll, you'll, you'll sin or whether you'll, you'll, you'll follow the righteousness and truth. Don't just do what feels right. Don't just trust yourself. Don't just trust the people uh, you know, who are bystanders. Um, tether yourself to the Word of God. Get a hold of the Word of God, the Bible, the truth, because it will save you. It will, it will keep you from wrong decisions and wrong living. It will, it will keep your family together. It will bless you. It will help you. It will guide you in the paths of righteousness. Sometimes I wonder... If when we struggle and we, 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 get, we get in things that we have no idea how we got here and we wish that we, we'd, we'd, we'd known, did we maybe just not give an ear to wisdom, to the Word of God? I think as I look back over the decisions that I've made, for good or bad, the ones that were rooted in the wisdom, the truth of the Word of God, never lead in the wrong way. So Sister Angie, as you just testified, I think we'll just tie it all together here got to be people of the word it will make us like him it will make us informed it will keep us from being devoid of understanding amen